Hey everyone, so we have a really fun conversation today. And I actually dare say it might actually be inspiring. So we have on stage with us Earl Banning. He's known on Twitter as Earl of Frunk Puppy. <laughs> and when you learn more about the Frunk Puppy project, your first impression might be that this is kind of a funny, it's a little bit of a uh, silly, but actually you'll come to find out that it's actually a really large movement that's happening and it's got a great purpose. It's educating people about the transition to electric vehicles. So we're going to learn a little bit more about how this came about and where it is today. But we're also going to be talking to Earl about Tesla bears, you know, and their arguments. Which of the bear arguments is the most frustrating? Which ones of them actually have merit? And I've got a lot of questions to see what Earl's response would be in terms of how you defend Tesla and our positions regarding that. So if you're ready and you want to get just a little bit brighter, about puppies and bears, this is the show for you. So let's get started. Hey, Earl, welcome. Oh, man, well, it's so great to be here. Um, I, uh, you know, I, it's been a while since I did an interview, I think. So it's really nice to sit down. And of course, I'm a big fan of yours and watched uh, your interviews. I liked them except for the one you did with Kim, but that's fine. And I'm uh, coming live <laughs> today from my uh, my wife's Model X, so people can give me grief about that as well. But uh, yeah, uh, hello from Alaska. <laughs> exactly, hello from Alaska. So, right, I started this uh, podcast just two months ago. And the very first people that I became friends with and got to interview is, you know, Tesla Joy and Kim Paquette mm -hmm. and K10. You're kind of in my last group of people <laughs> that I'm getting to know better. But Kim, very clear. Everybody knows I am Team Kim all the way. Just because I'm talking to Earl. <laughs> well, Don't get confused. this interview is over. Bye. <laughs> no. <laughs> So, you know, while Earl, most people come to learn more about you through Twitter, they find you as that, the guy that's very funny, got very thought provoking tweets. You, you got these photos of puppies and frogs. I actually got to know you first in this Twitter space that you were hosting and you had like 600 plus people there and you had some of the bears as speakers. And I just loved the way that you had your rebuttal and you were very passionate. You exploded defending Tesla is potential for success. So first question for you would be, you know, which bear argument do you find to be the most frustrating? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess frustrating can be, thinking about that question can be taken a few ways. So frustrating can be because it's frustrating to defend. Um, and the other frustrating is just because it's a stupid argument that you've debunked a million times um, and is so clearly just nonsense. Um, so the, um, you know, the, the nonsense ones, they're, they're pretty endless, but anything about Tesla suddenly going bankrupt or, you know, magically there's competition that's going to arrive and then no one will buy Teslas anymore, um, or the Teslas are terrible quality and nobody wants them and nobody wants to buy them. I mean, I, I find those types of arguments to be frustrating because, uh, it, it, there's just a lot of numbers there, right? We have amazing customer satisfaction for Teslas. People who buy Teslas tend to buy another Tesla, um, and they're pretty brand loyal, which is um, 
kind of the best in the business. Uh, and then this fantasy of competition arriving, I mean, it has been endless with uh, the, the, the car that was going to cause the bankruptcy, right? Uh, the I-Pace, the Taycan, uh, the Bolt. I mean, it, there's just a new one. And so they just keep saying, well, the competition's coming, but they always forget that the competition has also already arrived. Uh, there's plenty of other EVs to pick from, but as um, Omar just posted the other day, like how some of the EV sales are down for these companies. So how do you weigh that out with um, mm. suddenly, you know, somebody's going to make an EV and then everybody's going to flock to it. And that's been repeatedly debunked as you see Tesla just growing so fast. So yeah, that gets a little bit frustrating. The other type of frustrating is, um, yeah. you know, when they kind of have a point, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I've, I've tweeted a lot about this lately, but that darn Roadster and the Semi, uh, please just get those to market. Uh, you know, no matter what you say to them, uh, you have a great argument and they'll come back with, well, where's the Roadster and the Semi? It's like, <laughs> you know, those things. So that frustrates me because it's true. You know, that has been endlessly delayed with very few updates. And it always seems like those things are just around the corner, especially the semi. And, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll be happy when, when I don't have to at least talk about those, but we'll be on to the next product, right? Uh, Elon will be talking about a van or something else. And where's that? You know, so it won't end, but I, I do think they have a point that, you know, he had this kind of grand, uh, it was what, probably one of the best Tesla events. I wasn't at it, but when 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 they rolled out that semi truck and then they rolled out the Roadster on it, I mean, how cool mm. is that, right? And then those yes. things haven't really come to market, so um, I, you know, kind of begrudgingly sure. have to be. Yeah, that's a good point. You know. Yeah. No, I mean, so you've obviously were talking about the things that are most frustrating and then the ones that have merit. That was the next question I was going to have. But you've been doing this since 2018, right? Is it even yeah. earlier than that? Yep. Yeah, I'd say 2018, I like a lot first, of people yeah. hopped on uh, Twitter, mostly because if, um, if you're going to follow Elon, this is the place to be. Um, so I just kind of threw together an yeah. account and hopped on. never expected it to go anywhere. But um, I had posted a video of my car parking itself in the garage in, I think it was June of 18, um, had like no followers and, um, somehow Tesla picked it up their account and then Elon retweeted it. And, um, I thought that was just normal, right? I was new to Twitter. I'm like, oh, cool. Elon's tweeting me, you know, <laughs> like whatever, but I didn't realize it was like really a big deal. And, um, but what I what I quickly learned is I was attacked by bears. I was attacked by all these accounts saying that I was a paid mm. employee, that okay. um, the video was doctored and it was fake, that my dog is running backwards in the video because I edited it. Now, that you don't know me very well, but if you knew wow. anything about me and my editing skills, wow, I, I'm terrible at it. So the idea that I like faked a car parking in, like my brothers were dying. They both did computers. Like you could never do that. Like you can barely work your iPhone. So, um, but it was, it was shocking to me. Like, well, who are these people and why do they have all these accusations? And I'm suddenly defending myself in, in you know, in kind of the same style I do now. And I um, then garnered some attention from, some of the people who are uh, fighting fight online 
and um, got in with their group pretty quickly and um, just uh, it was endless back then. And we, there was no block list. So we were interacting with these characters all the time. And it bothered me because, you know, I own the car and I loved it. And I authentically loved my car. And I just wanted to tweet about that. And then you had this, you know, mm -hmm. I learned about this whole group of people that were just focused on tearing Tesla down. I'm sorry. Did you hear that? I don't know how to change that. <laughs> sorry. Um, anyway, a mm -hmm. message came through and it heard it. I don't, how do I fix oh, no, that? No. They don't hear that. That's okay. Oh, you don't? Okay, just me. Okay. Uh, that's um, okay. It did not so, hear it. We did not hear it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, it was really, um, what do you want to say? Eye-opening or educational that these people really exist. And then for me to be um, personally attacked and accused of all these things um, bothered mm. me. And um, then you would just see them spreading just total lies about the company. Now, it was a different story back then, too, because Tesla could have gone under, you know, and, and, and they're, they're, it was dicey with the mm -hmm. Model 3 ramp up and everything. So I think they had a little bit of a point back then, but um, all of those points really fell apart. And um, so, so it changed over time. But anyway, yeah. That's, Do you think that the... Mm -hmm. You know, at that time, 2018, the shorts, obviously, uh, Tesla had the largest short uh, makeup ever of any company. Um, are their arguments more than, better than what the uh, the Bulls' arguments were, I guess, to say that some people are accusing the Bulls of making up stories, and and they're the ones that are making the stories versus the Bears. What's your What's your take, like, is it like obviously we all many of us are invested in the company so mm -hmm. both whether mm -hmm. you're a bear or a bull many of us are actually mm -hmm. tainted by the financial yeah. investment but which side is actually you know overstating the truth yeah i think um i think early on you really did have a have to have a lot of faith that elon would pull this off that they would somehow that he would be the first car company to make it and however, you know, hundred years or whatever. And um, it's going to be all electric. It's somehow going to be profitable. So there was definitely some faith there that, yeah, this guy's pretty special and he's going to pull it off, you know? Um, so I think the, the bulls were, um, you know, maybe not firmly planted in facts. Like it, and it, it's interesting. If you go back and read older bear arguments, like Mark Spiegel, he's kind of a famous, there if you read some of his earlier stuff it kind of makes sense like you know for tesla to get to where elon says they're going to have to do this which has never been done and he has the numbers to back it up and he's right you know like wow he would have to do that the problem is, is elon did do it and um they never really adjusted their thesis so because Elon kind of seemingly pulled a rabbit out of his hat and made this company a successful, profitable business, they started to just lie about the numbers, that it's not really profitable. They're buying their own cars or, you know, they're owned by China now or, I mean, you know, it got really conspiracy theories. You know, they're buying, they're stealing their own copper. It was one of my favorite ones. Like, um, and that everything was just a stock pump. Which, which was fair, you know, and you could say that about some things now, like, well, the, 
maybe the roadster was just the mm-hmm. stock pump, which makes no sense. Like, what did that even do? But um, they just never really let go of that storyline. So, I mean, I joked a lot when they, when they were announcing their factory in China, that was just the stock pump. And even when they started to build the factory, the shorts were calling some of the equipment mm-hmm. the wrong thing. Like, this is really a crane and it's not like they were misidentifying machinery and that it was all just like a big hoax that Elon was going to pump the stock somehow and pretend to build a factory in China just to hold them off long enough until he could like exit, you know, like sell all of it and dump on the investors or some, something like that. But, you know, as the factory got built, they continued this narrative and then they basically pretended it didn't exist. Right. Or they would say, well, it's only finishing cars. They're not really making, they, they move the goalposts. Right. And now it's just, but the bulls all along were like very reasonably, no, he's building a factory and he's going to build cars there, which is what happened. And as that happened, um, Tesla became profitable. You know, China's like a cash cow for them. And they just never really are able to fit those things in the narrative. The Model Y was also a stock pump. They had a whole thing like this doesn't really exist. And they had all these close ups of the car and everything. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be one of the best selling cars of all time. Um, and they always just hang on the new thing like, well, the Cybertruck is just a stock pump or whatever. So we'll, we'll hear about that. But, you know, you also have to ignore that they are testing a Cybertruck. They're driving it around. There's more than one. There's been updates on it. Uh, the semi truck is driving around, it's hauling stuff. You know, it's a it's a little different than like Nikola, right? <laughs> Where they were just rolling things down a hill. Like Tesla's really wants to build products, and they're building a product. And I, I think the that whole stock narrative is silly yeah. at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, so yeah. It's it's great to talk to you about this because you're bringing all of us back to memory lane of what happened in 2018, 19, and 20. Many of us are forgetting that now, but you were there. You heard it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're you under PTSD, bringing you back in. Sorry <laughs> about that. But, you know, the, the one that you said that had the most merit was the idea that Tesla and Elon, you know, he is just a liar. And he's just talking about things and he pumps the stock and he's all, that's what he cares about. Um, so he does promise a lot of things, right? He talks about the semi, yep. the roadster, the 4680, the Cybertruck, FSD, RoboTaxi, and now he's talking about a robot. And all of this, people are saying, they just say that it's all just lies. Uh, but the quote that I love, I think was it Elon that said it, where he said that, you know, uh, Elon's the best at making the impossible late. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it was impossible. And now people are complaining that it's late. Why isn't a robo-taxi here yet? Yeah. Well, it's impossible. It never happened in my lifetime. How come it's not here tomorrow? Why is it not here next, you know, next month when yeah. you said it will be? Yeah. You know, it's like five years later. How come it's not here yet? <laughs> yeah. But uh, you're, you're saying that that's a true, true thing. So what's, your, what's our defense against that? Because like you said, it really is true. Many of these things I just named, the six, seven of them, they're all delayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that um, from a financial perspective and from a stock ownership, like for me to think, where's the stock going to go in the next few years? I don't need a robot. I don't need FSD. Um, I don't need the semi truck. That's not going to be real yeah. material either. 
Um, what I need is for Tesla to build factories, make more cars, and you know the EV space is so tiny, and we forget that even in the Tesla community, the EV space is so tiny. People don't even know about EVs. There's people they have no idea how EVs work. They don't know about Elon Musk in that way. Like they're not ingrained in this like you know society we've created here, um, and they um, you know. <laughs> they are profitable. And for me, like a real changing moment is when they basically shut down the S and X line. So the S and X was, was their cash cow. That was it. Right. That's all they had. And they were working on this model three fast forward a few years now, just with the model three and the Y they're profitable and not even barely, barely selling the S and X while they're working on new products. So, to me, they made it. It's clear they made it. They don't need these other things. They could continue in this trajectory of building more factories and building more cars, threes and Ys, and maybe they change it and update the exterior one day or do something, but they would be just fine and profitable and no worries at all. Um, now, the icing on the cake, which is where I think even the bulls, we, we've been caught before too, maybe even underestimating what the stock could do is if you if you think Elon can pull this off, so he did it before, right? He, he's going to make this profitable EV company. Very unlikely. Somehow he pulled it off later than he wanted, but he did pull it off. Um, if you start to factor in robots, FSD, what the 4680 cell is supposed to be, um, and the Cybertruck everywhere, um, they're going to be in pretty good shape you know if they can do those things and it's hard for me to look at elon's history and think that he's just going to quit on this at some point um you know uh like fsd uh, uh, very briefly i tuned into i was so dumb i tuned into this twitter space and they were basically saying that elon knows he can't do fsd (laughs) and he's so he's bringing down the whole industry um <laughs> like what why would he really is that what they're saying there's so many plot holes to that that make no sense um but i believe he does think he can do this and um you know in driving data since mm-hmm. 2020 I, I think they're going to get there too no it's not on elon's timeline mm-hmm. and um but nobody's surprised um i think that's what um the bears mislabel the bulls too is that they put us all in a basket that we somehow believe every single thing that Elon says. And sure, there are some people, but most don't. Right. I mean, when, when he, the day that when the cyber truck was released and I was at the event and they gave the dates of when these things came out, there wasn't a person next to me that was like, Oh yeah, I can't wait for the cyber truck to come out. All of us were like, well, it's going to be delayed. And is that, you know, same with FSD when he's like, Oh, it's going to be out at the end of whatever year. There are very few bulls that are like, that is 100% true. He will definitely have that. And if he doesn't, he's a liar. You know, most bulls are extremely skeptical of timelines. We just believe he'll get there eventually, you know, and um, that's kind of where I am with FSD. Is it going to be this year? No. I mean, he said it's this year. I don't think so. But um, if it is great and I'll be surprised, but, um, you know, I, but I don't think he's going to, the guy is so competitive. And he's not going to quit. And he said he's going to do this. Yeah. And I think he's going to keep at it until he gets there. Whether that means 
with the current setup or even if they have to trash it and do all new cameras and everything like he's going to get there no doubt about it what's your uh argument or thought on i think the biggest bull argument is that tesla's worth its market cap it's 10 times bigger than ford gm and you add them mm -hmm. all up together and tesla's market cap is way higher than that they're just a car company that price for Tesla stock is overpriced. Is that, is there truth to that? Is there some merit to the fact that why would you value this company whose 90 plus percent revenue is still just cars? Mm -hmm. Why would you value it 10 times higher than the other ones? Yeah, you know, and the financial folks on Twitter that are smarter than I am, I think lay this out better than I could here. But, um, you know, like I said, with the with the three and the Y, the margins on those cars, and then when I think about how Elon keeps talking about manufacturing, and you look at what they're doing, right? They have the structural battery pack. They have less, um, you know, parts that they're putting together with the stamping and everything. And then even the Cybertruck, which again, I think will exist. That thing is made for profit margins too. Whereas it's um, the way the way that it's shaped, it's for um, ease of um, you know being able to construct it, and then it'll also have structural pack. I'm sure you don't even paint it. Um, you know, it's just all about cost cutting. Now, I think the secret sauce, and this, I think that that um, the robots are easier and lower hanging fruit than FSD. Because FSD has to be super safe. You have to get regula regulatory approval to like let this thing loose everywhere. And um, for the robots, now maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there's just a lot less red tape to have robots um, to construct and, and use them in a different way. It's like, like really it's like a fancy factory robot, to, you know? So I think Elon's goal is to have these yeah. robots, you know, ease of construction, then you need people, but the people are going to be robots um, eventually. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. they'll have lots of Tesla workers. But um, yeah. I think that um, their margin, I mean, this is going to be the next step in the automotive industry where we, we have these production lines and robots, but we still have a lot of people. And I think what Elon sees is a whole ton of robots, faster construction, and then cars that are made um, to be constructed very easily. And if you put those things together, the margins are already industry beating. Everybody would love to have those margins. Um, now, would I value Ford or GM or these other companies to be worth as much as Tesla? No. They have dealerships to deal with, which I think is a huge drag. They, they, they survive on service, and EVs don't have most of the parts that they service. Um, the dealership model is a middleman, so that's going to drive up prices in the end for customers. They also have a ton of debt um, in various ways. Now, I realize some of that debt is indifferent, but I worry about them. If the ice car market collapses eventually, what does that mean for their leases and everything else? Um, and um, their expertise, equipment, is all in we're experts at making ice cars. We're experts at constructing ice cars. Well, what happens if you switch to EVs to all that equipment and all that knowledge? It's worthless. 
You have unions in many of these places. I'm a union. I'm very supportive of unions. I think unions are wonderful. I think that we do need to support workers. However, when industries are in the process of being completely reorganized and completely changed, unions can slow that down. And when you have a guy like Elon running ahead, who is, he's so far ahead, um, then you have to play catch up. But first, you have to make sure that you're going to keep your unions happy. And that's going to slow down the auto industry, too. And we've seen them make promises over the years. And we've also seen unions push back when they're trying to switch to EVs. So there's a lot of there's a lot of headwinds for industries. And um, it usually doesn't work like that. When when an industry has changed, usually there's a lot of losers and there's a few winners. Um, I feel like you're in a way better position if you just make EVs. And oh, and you're already profitable at doing that. You're in a pretty good position. If you're trying to come into this game late, yeah. um, you know, and switch from ice yeah. cars and do all this stuff, um, you your your hands are tied because Elon can come out, he can make the Model S or the Cybertruck and just say this is the best vehicle you could buy, right? You can't do that if you're if your business relies on selling gas F-150s. You can't come out and say, this lightning is superior to everything that we make. It's wonderful, right? Well, what about all of your F-150? You have to sell them. You have to, you have to profit up. You can't cut yourself off at the knees, right? So you either have yeah. to make a vehicle that's not as good as your, your bread and butter, or you have to downplay how, how good it is because you're, you're going to be selling these things a long time. So you'll watch CEOs of other companies tell a really fine line and how much they brag about their EVs. Usually they just target it at Tesla, <laughs> yeah. that this is better than Tesla. And yeah. we're going to, you know, they have this magical view that somehow they are going to just keep their ice business and then add in this new EV era. But the huge problem with that is that Tesla is taking sales from the ice industry. They're not this isn't the same six yeah. people buying EVs, right? This industry is growing. It's growing fast. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're easier to construct. They're cheaper. They have less maintenance. Like this tech will win eventually. Um, and, you know, then where does this leave the, the legacy auto players? And um, so they can talk a big game, but they, they still have to limit what their goals are. And um, Elon doesn't. And the other thing that Elon has is he can go up there and really talk about climate change. He can go up there and talk about clean energy because that's what their business is. That's what their mission is. If you're if you're the CEO of, say, Ford and you're up there talking about how bad you know, climate change, partly affected by mm. gas cars. By the way, we're going to make a few million of them this year. We don't want you to think about that too much, but we're going to throw in a couple mm -hmm. EVs. You know, you really—it's not a very clean message. So you'll see them really dance around the climate change issue, and it's that um, coherent mission. Um, in addition to Elon's kind of cult of personality, but I think that really leads to this huge Twitter community and fans, um, at least in this space. But there are a whole bunch of forgotten 
tests with people that they don't really, they don't do Twitter. They don't really give a crap about Elon. They just want an EV. And, and Tesla has become the legacy EV maker. Um, I won't throw them under the bus, but I just had a whole message back and forth with a, with a Ford owner, a Mach-E owner. And he's like, well, look, I, like I value your opinion and you're always been pretty nice to me. So I'm thinking of getting rid of my Mach-E because he's unhappy with it. He's unhappy with it Ooh. for a variety of reasons. And mm-hmm. uh, Ford isn't really, they don't know how to service them. And um, he's just um, not sure about it. But he said his reasons to move to a Tesla, which he has argued with me online, <laughs> um, is because Tesla only does EVs. And he figures that, you know, their service isn't perfect, but they know how to do electric vehicles. Yeah. And it just kind of dawned on me, like, yeah, Tesla's a new player, but they're really kind of the legacy EV player. And they only do legacy service, or they only do EV service. So they, they're kind of the experts and um, are even drawing in people that um, maybe you wouldn't think you would draw in. Yeah, I'm sitting in my wife's car today. She's not an Elon fan at all. She does not like him for many mm-hmm. reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, I yes. just love the cars, you know? And if we got another car, if she got another car and it was an EV, yeah. I guarantee it'd be a Tesla. It's going to be Tesla. Yeah. So, um, you know, earlier we were talking about why is the market cap of Tesla so high? And it depends on how you view what Tesla is, right? So if it's just a car manufacturer and it produces cars and it sells cars, then you can go and figure out that argument, which we can defend. Because like you said, electric vehicles is only 2% of all global sales and Tesla is basically, you know, can, can really just grow just that. But if you look at Tesla as a manufacturing company, that their real product is the factory. And you touched on it earlier, their ability to create gross margins, and they've really focused on manufacturing. And then the encumbrance that the OEMs have with, you know, people always think that the existing factories that the OEMs have, they're already producing millions of cars. Like Toyota can do 10 million cars a year. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, we'll just make 10 million EVs. Then you're dead. You only make 1 million. You're going to be discovered, you know, in the mm-hmm. dustbin of history. But that's not what's happening. The factories that they're using and building is actually their product, Tesla's product, and they're very efficient. Um, and then yep. from there, right, you're just like, what? Right. I mean, um, so I guess one of the biggest issues, I guess, is quality issues. I mean, it kind of hampered this image of Tesla, unfortunately, because the 2018, but every car had this issue. You know, what's, what do you, what's your answer to Tesla's build quality? So even though the factories are amazing and they produce this, you know, manufactured with all robots, how come there's this lingering argument by the bears that Tesla cars just have tremendous build issues? Yeah, that's a great question. So first of all, um, you know, when I bought my Tesla in 2018. This isn't the first car that I bought. Um, I have owned a variety of cars, which have had all kinds of problems with them. Right. I had, um, I bought right. a Ford Explorer way back in the day, and it would leak water from the top. And if you put too much weight in the back, for some reason, the radio would turn off. I mean, it was like a total piece of shit. Um, <laughs> sorry, um, <laughs> uh, which I got rid of as soon as I could. Um, 
you know, mm. one of the reasons that I am sitting in a Model X right now is my wife was once again arguing with Toyota Service about her Toyota Highlander, which had problems, mm. um, and just trying to get her service contract for them to accept it. Every time she'd go in, it was like an argument. And she texted me from there because I'd been bothering her about getting a Tesla. She's like, you know what? Order it. I'm done. <laughs> you know, so, you know, she got a Model X wow. because of terrible Toyota service and the quality of that car that needed work. We had a Volvo for a while that was in the shop more than I owned it. It was in there because half of the engine blew and they had to fix that. And then they needed something else. Now, they were nice and they gave us really cool rental cars and everything. And when it was running. One of the best vehicles we've ever owned. I mean, my wife still talks about it. Beautiful, beautiful interior, great car, completely unreliable. Um, now, I do think there's kind of a concerted effort with Tesla being new to really exaggerate any kind of problems or complaints. And you would see this online. You would see, this would drive me crazy. You would see a brand new account that never tweeted about Tesla and it would be some bizarro complaint about the car with lots of, and then suddenly every bear would find this and retweet <laughs> it. And, um, you know, and it was questionable, like, did that really happen? You know, like really, you know, so part of it was completely made up. Um, and then part of it are, is, is just the way the scores are made. So it'd be things like reliability, right? Like they have a low reliability score. But when they're talking about reliability, they're including things like your trim was crooked and they had to come and fix it. And it took five minutes, right? Like, that's not a, you know, when people think reliability, they think these things break down on the side of the road. But, um, you know, for the important stuff, like the motors they build and the batteries and everything, like solid cars, great cars, you know, there have been some problems, of course, like any car industry, but uh, any car company, I mean, you saw like every Lucid was recalled and like, you know, Maki had a huge recall, you know, the, Rivian, there was a picture with the wheel fell off of it the other day. Like there are things that, that happen. Um, but for some reason, Tesla, like they've, they've successfully built and continued a narrative. But how true is that? I mean, I'm here all the time. I talk to Tesla owners. Um, most people are extremely happy with their cars and find that most of the problems have been very minor or annoying. Um, now, with that said, they yeah, they should be doing better. I, they, there are um, um, cars that get out of the factory and you kind of wonder how things, you know, like where's the quality control on this and uh, stuff like that. Um, you know, I was lucky. My, my wife's ex is perfect. I mean, it was wonderful. Um, and my Model 3, I got it right before they ramped up to that 5,000. Like there was, there was like a lull where they lay like, there were the very early ones, which had some problems. Then they like hit a nice sweet spot. Ooh, and one. then I got one of those and my car yeah. was awesome. And then after that, they ramped a lot. And then I know there were people who did have some things that like, you know, some quality issues, but um, I will say, and I hate to say this, but um, there is something to be said mm -hmm about pressure and a PR campaign, because basically in China, there were also some issues. They, people just didn't tolerate it. They were like shamed by the government. And I think they fixed it. You know, I really think that they had to fix it. And I think they did fix it. And it appears, and I may be wrong, that the quality in China is spectacular and acceptable. I have not been seeing a bunch of stories about that. 
I think there are some limitations with uh, Fremont that they've run out of room and there's only so many improvements that they could do. Um, And I also think that for whatever reason, U.S. buyers are just willing to tolerate this, me, myself included, you know, like, yeah, I got the model. Yeah, I got the model three in 2020 mm-hmm. from Fremont and it's been perfect. I, yeah. I told kind of like yeah. my experiences that I've not had any issues that everybody's talking about. Absolutely. You know, fine tune code, fine tooth code. Yeah, yeah. Is there a panel gap? Any issues? <laughs> Nothing. And yeah. So far, I've had to bring it in to service three times. Um, the reason mm-hmm. is because one was, two of them was accidents. Um, not our fault. My children were driving it and not our fault. But, uh, and the third time was because of the 12 volt battery, which every car has yeah. an issue. But the service yeah. was brilliant. I was shocked because they first were going to do mobile service. Who does mobile service, right? And name right. Me another company that will do a mobile service. Two, you communicate all day long, uh, every day w- through the app. What a great way to keep yeah. me updated or for me to ask a question. I'm, again, very shocked with that. And then three, they told me to bring the car in and they gave me a loaner for a 12-volt battery. And then they decided, you know, it's not just a 12-volt battery. That would be, an, but we're going to fix the rear hatch also. And so they just threw that in and it was all free. Um, I've owned many cars as you have i've had a bmw i've had a toyota van i've had a volvo and oh my god i get scared all the time i have to bring it into the service yeah what are they going to charge me today (laughs) thousands of dollars yeah and here i bring it to tesla and i feel comfortable i know that they're only going to charge me what it costs they're not that's not their business model i feel great bringing it in and oftentimes it's either free or the uh they replace for the service of the accidents you know, it, it was minimal cost, thousands of dollars less than I was expecting if I had brought it to a body shop or something that to fix it after insurance. So, yep. so yeah, I, I get the service is an issue. Um, yep. I mean, uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I've had the same experience. It's the best service I've ever had in my life. I mean, they've come to my work to fix some things. They've, they've come to my house to fix things. Um, one of my early experiences, I've talked about this before, my wife had a subarachnoid hemorrhage burst in 2018. I spent a lot of time in the hospital with her. And one of the things I would do for my mental health, like I still had my brand new Model 3, right? Is because, um, you know, there were times that there was nothing to do. So I would walk, take a walk around the hospital. I'd walk out to my car and sit in my car. And um, it looked like there were a bunch of paint bubbles on the car. Um I freaked out and I called service and they wanted to set me up. And I'm like, look, I can't really go anywhere because I'm at this hospital. They're like, we'll come there, you know? Okay. So the service tech came to the hospital parking lot and uh, checked out my car. He did everything. He's like, I'm not sure. I don't know if this is okay. Um, So I'm going to get you a loaner. So he brought a model S to the hospital, left it, took my car. They put it on a truck. It went down to Cincinnati um, and uh, they got it there. And it was just some kind of like crap that was on the car. There wasn't even anything wrong with it. You, Kim's going to come after you on this one. 
like, what a, what a waste of time. But um, I was not in my normal mind at that time, and it just seemed like something. But the tech gotcha. didn't check it, and he didn't think it was right either. I'm like, I am so sorry. So they bring my car back, and um, but you know, just like who would do that, right? And then the other thing is, uh, this is more embarrassing, and I've told this story, but when I got it home, I don't know, it may have even been the day I brought it home. I backed it up. And the, it's new to me and the car is beeping at me. And I, I thought that I was too close to the bushes. So I turned, mm. but it was beeping at me because I was mm. too close to the house. And I hit my side view mirror mm. on my hose reel. I cracked my hose reel, my mirror, yeah. like it, mm. it was catastrophic. It fell down. Like it hit the camera part, it dented it and everything. This is my brand new model three. And um, so mm. I scheduled service and um, the guy came to my house. And, uh, he looked at it and, um, you know, I had to order a side view mirror, which, you know, even though it was new, I, the part came in right away and, um, he put it on, it was supposed to be 400 bucks. And he's like, it's okay. I think they felt bad for me because I messed up my car right away, but they what? put on a brand new mirror no way, for me at my house free of charge. You know, they didn't, they didn't yeah. know me from a can of paint. Right. And, um, Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, who's doing that for me? You know, so that experience with my wife in the hospital and then my side view mirror. And then anytime I've needed anything, um, it's either been mobile. Um, I have gone, I did go to Cincy once or twice. I had the ball joint issue, which was common in my car, which of course they fixed for free. And I did add the 12 volt, which I, which I took it down for, which also wasn't a big deal because it came up, it popped up on the screen. And it said, you're going to need to replace this. I went in and they got me right in for service and they fixed it. So, you know, that's like the worst thing that happens to the cars, I think, is the 12 volt. But it wasn't even a big deal. And it, of course, it was free and it was covered. And no. Um, no, I lied. It wasn't covered. I think I just went out of warranty. But um, anyway, I, if I if I ever buy something besides yeah. the Tesla, it has nothing to do with the service. And I will miss, I don't think anybody can match this, the service experience. With that said, yes, there are problems. There, are, I mean, I live in Alaska now. We don't even have a service center. Um, there are areas of the country yes. that don't have them. I know in Europe, there's some issues too. So I would be the last, you know, I don't think that everybody says they have a service problem is lying. Um, there are problems and rooms for, roof for, room for improvement. However, if you sit back and you look at this company over the last few years and how they have grown exponentially with all these cars and all the supercharges they put in and all the service centers that I've, they've yeah. put in, of course there's problems. I still think they're doing it better than anybody else. Um, I wouldn't want to go. I mean, I'd yeah. take my stupid forerunner in for an oil change. Nightmare. I got their system was down. They were back to paper. So they had to like, write down what my car had you know just a freaking oil change i was there forever um you know they were friendly up here but it was not a good experience by any means and um last thing before i left for alaska i took my car in just to be checked i'm like look i'm bringing a model x to alaska please look at every single thing they were so nice to me i rode along with the tech he's like just trying like well what do you need and they had to order some parts and do some things. And um, it, it was a, a great experience. And um, you can tell the difference between a place that's for profit 
and a place that they just really they will charge you at cost and they do want they do want to make you happy and um you know i i, I really can't complain about the service so back to your point i i do yeah service could improve yeah i think they're doing great for how much they grew also it has been absolutely exaggerated in the media um where you have a lot of people just like you they're like paranoid you get your car and you're like oh it's perfect right <laughs> you know? that's fine yeah, so I want to get to your personal story because you touched a little bit yeah. on it. But, um, you know, the, the, just to wrap up the service cons- situation, consideration is that, you know, when you, it's you said it with the business model. So if you are an OEM and you create a car, then you sell it. And then there's this whole industry of garages and services and even, you know, the dealership, their service model. They're there to make money. Uh, but they're one one step removed versus Tesla, they have to create that whole new industry of service. And so there's going to be issues for growth. But when you actually experience a service, they are there because they're they're touching the whole life cycle of the car and they're not there to make the money on the service. And so they're they, when they learn that there's an issue, they're going to fix it on the manufacturing side of it so it doesn't become an issue anymore. And so it, this, you know, it's this whole thing. And so it's going to take time for them and then the, the the issues of growth because they're growing so fast because the cars are selling like crazy the huge backlog they can't get the parts and so that's one of the biggest yeah. concerns or you know issues with service is that you have to wait months for the parts to come yeah that's a, a price of success for the company so it is you know you know and also um, I have to say that some of the loudest people complaining about service you'll see them just go out and buy another Tesla, mm. right? Like they, <laughs> they're not going anywhere. I, I don't <laughs> yeah. think we're losing many people like, Oh, this service. And you know, yeah. for any issue I've had with Tesla, I, I drive the cars. I have, you know, I dro- drove this for my commute today and it's like, this is so superior to anything else. Um, yeah. I've driven other cars. I've driven other EVs. I've looked at other EVs. These are just the best. And if, if, if I'm going to get a crooked piece of trim or some bullshit or wait, you know, I don't care. I mean, it, it's not going to affect my decision to buy anything. Yeah, it's minor. And um, I, I also see people complaining online and then you'll seriously see them order another Tesla because it's still the best car. This <laughs> <laughs> is the best car. All right. So let's get to your personal story. Um, yeah. A lot of people probably tuned in because they wanted to hear your personal story, but I I wanted to spend a lot of time on your knowledge cool. of the bears and their arguments. Um, yeah. But let's I I you know I know that you have a very um, interesting or uh, very con- I don't know what the right word is I guess touching story of how this all came about. But few people actually know this about you. So can you just, if you don't mind, share a little bit about what happened uh, to your wife and your life? Yeah. And where did you you know before we even get started there? I, where did you grow up and you know yeah. what do you do and yeah how did you fall into all this yeah so every toxic person has a backstory right so i um i was born in <laughs> i was born and raised in the coal country of pennsylvania um my grandfather died a black lung he uh, was a coal miner and i never met him because you know he died well before i was born and he told my dad that, so, you know, back in the day, uh, kids would work at the coal mines. You know, this is before FSD beta was hitting all the children. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, uh, it was normal. <laughs> like at the end of the coal line, kids could pick through it. Like you could work there, right? And you'd pick through the coal and everything. And um, my, my dad had a lot of trauma. 
a lot of coal miners died. You know, you want to talk mm-hmm. about the need for a union. They, they mm-hmm. those people needed a union. Um, mines would collapse. Um, you know, there there was no real health care for it. There was no. I mean, it was just terrible. The working conditions were terrible. But it was a great way to move up. You know, my great grandparents were from Germany and came over here, and then my grandpa worked in the coal mines. So it was really upward mobility and um, worked his butt off. Died early of black lung and. Um, but my dad, he told me, this was towards the end of my dad's life, that he would lay awake at night. And if his dad came home, if his dad was late, that meant somebody died because they had to deal with the body and everything. But he never knew when it was going to be his dad, yeah. you know, and he didn't like, you know, he retired from there. He did die of black lung eventually. But um, it was really a, a scary time. So my grandpa told my dad that if he ever caught him in the coal mines, he'd break his leg. And if he came back, he'd break his other leg. Um, so my dad had a long career as an accountant, um, was never a coal miner. Um, but I watched me growing up, I watched the horrors of the coal industry because, uh, entire towns were built around it. Entire towns were built around coal. And then out West, they had, um, easier ways of getting the coal. So coal mining in Hmm. coal, Pennsylvania uh coal region pennsylvania dried up and the profits never came to that area um all the profits for all the coal industry went to the cities and everywhere else Mm. and they literally just left these towns to die there's you know all the industries just dried up and left and the area is very depressed to this day um Mm. so i see kind of i've seen the advantages of fossil you know, fuels and things that we needed and coal right. because um, my grandpa who had black lung, he did not go to World War II because they needed coal miners to mine the coal. Like that was part of, you know, supporting America. Um, and it was really upward mobility for that whole area, which, you know, helped my dad and his job. And then of course, you know, I, I, I was able to do things and grow up differently than my dad did. Um, but I also saw how they, um, treated people who had illnesses from the coal industry, how they could just pick up and leave an area. It's kind of like, you know, the areas around Michigan and stuff, you know, where, coal, you know, car companies close and, you know, these coal companies didn't really give back to the community and just left. And, um, and uh, the areas are really depressed. And have caused a lot of pollution over the years, you know, the, all the burning of all that coal that is ripped out of Pennsylvania is now contributing to global warming and who pays for that, you know. Um, so that's where that's where I'm from um, and, uh, you know, grew up, got the hell out of there like everybody. I don't know many people that I grew up with that live in coal, coal region, Pennsylvania, um, and um, graduated college and ended up in the military, which is what I do now. And, um, so my wife, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not much of a worrier. Uh, my wife says, you know, she's a little bit, can be a bit of a hypochondriac and, um, was never worried about this. We were never worried about an aneurysm and was at the gym one day lifting weights and had this pop and felt like she was mm-hmm. drowning. She called me. Um, I'm a neuropsychologist, so she told me her symptoms. I said, hang up and call 911. Before she left the gym, by the way, like any good wife, she, you know, any good woman, she cleaned up her stuff. 
you know, which men can't do. But she's in the middle of having an aneurysm and still was like, well, I better clean up my equipment. <laughs> so she goes out to the car, calls me, wow. calls the ambulance. They take her in. And, you know, uh, it was bad. It was uh, that, so the, if you know anything about the brain, like yeah. the, the, the basilar artery where, where it forms at the top and it kind of branches off is a notorious place for aneurysm because there's a lot of pressure there with the, that's kind of where the blood goes. And if you have an aneurysm there, it's really bad because it's around a lot of like life, things that are important for life, you know, your breathing and like everything, you know, it's like all that basic functioning stuff. So if that bursts, it pulls blood in that area and people die, like only about half the people even make it to the hospital. And then of the ones that make it to the hospital, mm. of that 50%, about a third of them die um, at the hospital, a third have severe disability, and then a third make it. So eh, the odds are not in my favor. So they told me about it. I said goodbye to my wife, as they told me to do. You know, they did wow. an angiogram and life-saving surgeries, and um, she pulled through, and she does not have disabilities. You know, she has some lasting effects but you know nothing major and um but it was a very life-changing experience to be faced with death that way and really to see how fragile life is that um could have lost her in a minute you know and um we're very lucky that she got to the hospital and had a great brain surgeon and everything and saved her life um Mm. so i had just gotten my model three in late May, 2018. And she had her aneurysm in July of 18. So I was on top of the world, you know, I got my car, I, uh, you know, I'm online, mm-hmm. Elon's retweeting me, I'm like doing videos, Norman's driving my car, my dog. And um, then this happened. And um, I just wanted some more positive things in my life. So, you know, going online, and then seeing all these bears, like, you know, crapping on Tesla is fine. And I'll argue with them, but I, I wanted something a little more positive. So I started to think about, um, like, I love dogs. How can I include dogs and in Teslas? What can I do about this? So I spent a lot of time in the hospital, probably sleep deprived, you know, um, not functioning well emotionally. And somehow <laughs> during one of those times, I, I was thinking of words, like, and then I came up with this front puppy word. And, um, I thought, well, when I get home, I'm going to put Norman in the frunk and, mm-hmm. uh, and take a picture and then mm-hmm. basically harass everybody to do the same thing. And that's what I did in August. Um, August 18th, I think I took the picture, put Norman in the frunk, shared it online. It didn't really go anywhere, but I just kept bothering people. Like yeah, a couple people did it, but you know, not nothing mm-hmm. really major. And, mm-hmm. um, somehow it just started to get legs and Trevor from model three owners saw it and he put his cat in the front nutmeg. It was a wonderful cat. And he had a huge, huge audience. So then, then people is, is on the radar. So people started to do this and I started to vote on the best ones. I would just pick the best ones every week. I would find the pictures and, you know, do this vote on my own. And then by October, Mae Musk said she's going to do it. And she did it. Mae Musk put her dog in the frunk. Um, and then it just blew up. Then it was just like a worldwide thing. So I was getting pictures from like, you know, Taiwan and, uh, you know, China, like just 
it was amazing to me. It just really blew up all over the world, Europe and all over the U.S. People are just doing this stupid thing. And um, I was always waiting for it to end. But like it, it warmed my heart because, you know, this is what I wanted, right? Like people are sharing like these adorable, amazing pics of dogs and frogs and people are having fun with it and being creative with it and um we're like voting on the top dog like it's also dumb and um but like really fun and sometimes i use it for charity you see from time to time i'll do like gofundmes and stuff like kind of around my account and around frunk puppy we've had uh, rescues and stuff in frunk or like the spca won the one week because they had the frunk nice. full of puppies and um it just felt very lighthearted and very positive and my hope which it continues to work out is that it wouldn't really be a Tesla thing, which there's so many Tesla EVs, but I just wanted to raise awareness for EVs. So, um, you know, now you see Rivians and the F-150 is a natural. You see a lot of F-150s with front puppies and stuff and um, just spreading awareness that, you know, there's no engine up front and you can put your dog in there and like sharing that experience and making it like very fun and lighthearted. Uh, Lucid did it. You know, they tagged Frunk Puppy and did one. Uh, Bowlinger, if you remember Bowlinger, they had a bunch of entries and won a bunch of times too. So it's really gone across brands and I think is a very positive thing. Um, I love it. I've always been waiting for it to end. Like, you know, is this going to work this week? And then I don't know, somehow just every week there's tons of pictures. And when um, I formed a, yeah. a board, a, a Twitter group, people to help out mm -hmm. because it was too big of a task you know um there were times there's like 50 pictures yeah. in a week um so i can't pick the best one so we vote to get the top four and then it released the poll on twitter but people like it it's funny because if i if i'm late with it I, i'm late now because i'm in alaska and people are like where's the vote <laughs> you know like oh cool like you're looking for it you know that's pretty neat and um yeah, so it's, it's a real it, it, like I said earlier that it's it sounds um, funny and silly, like you said, but actually it's pretty big. It's a really big purpose because my story was, you know, when I first saw the very first Roadster that uh, Elon showed in 2012, right? It's an electric vehicle car. Okay, exciting. What blew my mind was the explanation that there is no engine. Because there's no engine, we put in more crumple zones, so it's going to become yeah. the safest car in the world. In addition to the the very big electric battery at the bottom, you can't flip it. Because there's no engine, there's not going to be any service. The engine is the size of a shoebox and doesn't have all these parts. And da, 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 you just go through all the lists that OEMs have, and then just goes on and on. And it really was that frunk. You know, the, the idea that the frunk is an extra storage space was, was funny for me, like big deal, who cares for me? But it actually represents kind of the, like the best entry point to an electric vehicle and the benefits of an EV. So for me, that was one yeah. that blew my mind away and that got me yeah. so excited about electric vehicles. Yeah. You know? No, you're spot on. And so I think that what you're doing yeah. with the, yeah, the puppies on the front it brings that conversation about what is a frunk, why is it a frunk, electric vehicles have this, why, and then it generates the knowledge of what an electrical vehicle is and, yeah. and in a fun way with the puppies and all that. So, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. a very cool, viral, fun thing to discover and very important thing. 
Yeah. I, I, and I agree with you too. Like to me, um, the frunk really encapsulates so much about an EV and you're right. Like the crumple zone, all that stuff, the fact that there is a space there and then it's shocking to people. Um, like I said, I'm from coal region, Pennsylvania, and there's a small amusement park there. And I was, uh, you know, unloading my kids and had the frunk open and somebody like slammed on their brakes. They were going down the park and was like, where is the engine? It was like some, you know, very uh, older local that was like shocked. Like he was almost yeah. angry that there was no engine. Like what? You know, and like I'm like, no, this is the frunk. Like this is where there's the, 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 the engine. There's no engine like that. There's an electric motor. He was shocked and just floored. And that really set in for me that like, there's a whole bunch of people that they just have no idea. You know, it's not like they're not buying an EV because it's not practical or like they don't like Elon or all this other stuff. They just don't know about them. And they don't know that they're, you know, people own them and drive around in them every day. And um, to me, the the front was a real way to, you know, to, to speak to that. And, you know, what's better than like some puppies now, I have gotten some hate mail over time. Like people have tagged PETA, like, mm. because I'm like, uh, you know, yes. you're a monster for putting dogs in a frunk and driving them around and stop telling people to do that. I'm like, no, no, you're doing it wrong. Like you never close the frunk, you know, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't do that. But um, yeah, it's happened from time to time, but it, it makes me laugh. But yeah, just That's for hilarious. a picture. Just All right. So picture. you see, so yeah, you did this and it started to blow up. Uh, what was your Twitter account at that point? Um, how did you kind of, who were the very first people that you became friends with? And of course, I need to ask you about your frenemy relationship with Kim Paquette. Team Kim over yeah. here will always yeah. stay Team Kim. <laughs> yep. Um, well, some of the earliest people were Kim. <laughs> and, uh, and which I'll come back to. But <laughs> Tell, Jonah, me about that. Tell me about how you guys met. Jonah, Lisa, yeah. um, Steve Hamill. Um, cost are so many, uh, uh, David McLeod, um, yeah, there, there's just, there's a whole bunch that I just kind of got in with early that I continue to admire, um, and are just wonderful people in the Tesla community. Uh, Kim, well, so we, I was in this group of all these FUD fighters and, um, she, uh, I noticed one day by accident, like we all followed each other, but she didn't follow me. And I'm like, what you know okay. like I, in my very dramatic way was like what is this about and then like so we started bickering about this i, I don't remember i think she just didn't follow me like for any no reason and um right. so i made a whole yeah. thing about it right like for months like oh well, kim doesn't follow me and all this stuff and um but we 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 were pretty good friends and she uh this is one of the first people i talked to on the phone uh, from the Tesla community. Mm -hmm. I can't remember why, but, um, we ended up speaking and, um, but mm -hmm. I, I've, I've always, uh, appreciated her, her humor. Um, and then it, it just, it's so fun to battle back and forth with her. She, yeah, she's one of my favorite people on there. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of continued. She just so darn good at it, you know? <laughs> She's very good at it. She owns She's you all good. day, every day. All day, all day. I, <laughs> I absolutely love it. But yeah, I, when I went to the Cybertruck event, I finally got to meet her in person and we hung out a lot there. And I was actually next yeah. to her when the Cybertruck rolled out, um, which was nice. funny because we watched the windows get smashed together. But um, yeah, no, what wonderful person. But 
Yeah. All right. I've got a uh, the hardest question I'm going to ask okay. you. Okay. I'm ready. Uh, the entire interview. It's going to be pretty hard. How many puppies can fit in a cyber truck? Well, so here's this. This is a great question. Um, I think, first of all, I think. <laughs> You're going to treat it seriously. Uh, I love it. The F-150 will probably always be the puppy trunk winner. You know, the way they design that thing. It's enormous. So I think the lightning is probably going to be maximum puppies in the front. Uh, the cyber truck, I'm a little nervous because the only picture of the front is a very blurry one. You have to really zoom in on. Oh. And I hope they don't cancel the front. Like I hope there is a front in the cyber truck. Um, I assume it will be the biggest front of any Tesla. Um, probably even bigger than the semi truck because of the way that thing is shaped. I don't, it has a frunk, but it, I don't think it's really huge. But um, I, I don't know how many puppies could fit in there. I'm going to go with 15. <laughs> 15. Okay. We have yeah. to have puppies on the cyber truck. It, it, it's uh, the whole thing will just break if there's no puppies in a cyber truck. Well, you can uh, do the trunk, you can do the, the back. Yeah. The future popularity of Frunk Puppy is highly dependent on a Frunk in the Cybertruck because it's going to be so popular and it's such a natural fit. Like people who own trucks own dogs, and um, yes. you can fit yeah. really big, big full size dogs yeah. in that thing easily. Um, there's going to be a lot, and the farm animal will be, you know, we just had a goat winner. So I'm sure. People yes, put all that. sort of livestock in their cyber truck as well. Um, I'm going to have to tell Elon that he needs to put one in. It, it's, it's a big <laughs> deal. It's a big deal. I keep asking him to put a dog all in right. a well, semi frunk, but you know. It will happen. Don't worry. It'll happen. Uh, he yeah. put his dog, right? Uh, uh, Floki. That happened. Yeah. So. Uh, why are you, why did you move to Alaska and all this soup, no supercharger mm -hmm. and why would somebody yeah. who's such a Tesla fan, what's the reason I you know. moved to Alaska? Yeah. So I'm in the military and they tell me where to live and, um, this is where they told me to, where to <laughs> live. And, um, so I came to Alaska and, uh, it's not bad. I mean, you can, there are a lot of Teslas here. There's like a owner's club of 700 people, but, um, my issue was trying really? to drive. Yeah. Okay. My, my issue was driving here because, um, sorry. Um, my issue was driving here because I had to come up the Alcan, which is up through Northern Canada and there's no, you know, the superchargers and, mm -hmm. and then you're just on your own. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, the mm -hmm. other issue is, is I really, I, I had no problem being a two EV owner in Ohio. You know, we drove everywhere. No problem. Mm -hmm. It's not like that here. I mean, there's one supercharger currently. And, um, when you think about the winter and not many, you know, this like off brand chargers, uh, you can get places people can do it, but it's like, not, uh, like with your family, we're going to go do something and then, you know, charge for mm -hmm. five hours. Like it's not really conducive to that kind of environment. And I didn't want to be limited. Yeah, since I have to live here, um, I want to see everything. It's a beautiful state and there are just things you just unfortunately need a gas car for. So we made the tough decision. Um, 
to do that and to get rid of my model three. But um, I don't know. Every Aww. every day that passes, I'm like really wanting to get another one. Like I was so excited to bring my car's wife to yeah. my car's my wife's car to work today, and it just reminded me of how much I liked my commutes in Ohio because I just did FSD the whole way, you know. And it was um, it was yeah. a really great experience. And now I'm, you know, recklessly driving my Forerunner. But I'm shocked fine. that there's 700 people there with Tesla's when there's only one supercharger. That is significant. Yeah. Uh, amazing community up here and people really pushing to get chargers everywhere. I mean, you can, you can get all the way to the Northern end of, um, uh, Alaska now and, um, all the way down to Homer and everything. So it's, you know, you can get places. Um, I, I was just nervous. So without a service center, one charger, and you know you don't even have a spare tire um and the roads here uh you know sometimes you're going along fine and then it's suddenly it's just dirt and rocks and i didn't i don't feel safe doing that you know people will do that if i was by myself i would drive all over the state but uh to take my family around um i'm gonna at least need superchargers but i can drive there's many places i can drive to and from you know i went down to seward which is like a you know two plus hour drive and you know like there are places i can get the places and i've taken the car i always take my wife's car when i can what is, uh, but you know what does your family think about what does your wife think about your obsession with tesla uh tesla and twitter and all your friends on oh twitter? yeah my <laughs> wife is pretty embarrassed um you know it's funny it's like a funny thing but she does have like an emotional connection to front puppy because it's so much about her you know like like what like mm -hmm. a positive thing out of a very mm -hmm. negative event um but mm -hmm. she was in a washington post article with me not too long ago about how we argue about elon yeah and um yes so you know that kind of continues to this day where um i'm a little more supportive of him um my my kids used to think it's cool but now they're like you know 13 and 10 and you know it's the point where dad is embarrassing about everything so i don't know that's a, it's a little sure. bit hit or miss but um ah, just continuing so just like anyway the, way the twitter so. community looks at you yeah, yeah. See, it's like <laughs> pretty much the same thing. <laughs> uh, oh, that's hilarious. I mean, I have the same thing with my wife as well. Different views about Elon. And it, it's the reason partly is because they, um, and again, I don't fault anybody, right? Because uh, I also am trying to figure out where my position is on all this about Elon specifically. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't make it easy. But if you are somebody no. just in the general public and you hear these things, you hear one side. And the thing about us who follow every single tweet that he sends out, you kind of see the context of how things are and why he's saying things and kind of that. And so that eases it a little bit for, you know, his position politically or statements he's making. Sometimes he's just hilariously funny. He's just trying to make a joke. Yeah. And people go after him for silly things like that but yeah um i see really bright things for tesla in the future um <clears throat> i think that um 
the cyber truck is going to be, I, I think the industry has fallen asleep on the cyber truck because like a couple other trucks came out and they think mm-hmm. like, yeah, this won't be mm-hmm. a big deal. You know, it's going to be huge. They're going to sell so many of them. Uh, and uh, we're, we're going to roll out the semi. And Elon yeah. is really hell bent on perfecting manufacturing. And, you know, maybe it's taking him longer to get there where he wants to be, but I think he's going to have incredible margins on these cars and eventually they'll be self-driving too. Um, It's a a once in a generation thing you'll never see, you know, you'll never see this again, where a company like this guy grits it out, makes huge bets and huge promises and um, makes this world-changing company. Like we're just getting started. Like, Tesla and SpaceX have already changed the world, but this is just the beginning. Um, you know, if you're talking about robots and autonomous cars and then getting into that trucking industry, uh, semi trucks, and then com- combining autonomy with all that stuff. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff I'm sure in his brain that we don't even know about yet. Um, I'm yes. very excited to see where, where Tesla goes. And um, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. It's all noise. Like, that's kind of why I push back against PR, because I think PR is just about short term stock moves. Like, who cares Um, whether the government comes after Elon for FSD or, um, you know, there's different roadblocks on different things. It's not going to matter. And this is just all noise. Like, it's going to happen. We're going to get there. Um, You know, that's why I don't buy and sell my stock, because it could go up and down based on lots of things it could plummet again it could go way up again too as we've learned like even the most bullish bulls did not see that last run coming to the extent that it did and people sold way too early um so uh i'll just buy and hold knowing that the stock may be lower in the future but i know it's going to be a heck of a lot higher eventually and that i i do have i guess i come come back around to what i said in the beginning i do have faith and belief that Elon is going to accomplish these things, and 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 that's where I'm going to keep my my money um, and uh, not worry about all these nonsense fair arguments. You know, like Tesla's here to stay, and it's only going to get better. And now that you're in uh, Alaska, you're like the perfect person to have a, a cyber truck, and you, should, I know. you know, hopefully you're connected to I Tesla, agree. and they'll like give <laughs> you one. That's it. I can market I this for you. I could test it yeah. for you. I can show it off and I can have puppies everywhere. And you're going to be like the yeah. best marketing. <laughs> yeah. Like, like watch this truck in Alaska. Testing. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But you do need, you know, yeah. I want that range. I want the promised range. And, you know, if it has three or four motors or whatever they're doing, it'll just be a perfect beast for up here. Um, it'll be an awesome, I think they'll way more, yeah. give me a couple superchargers and a cyber truck. I'll take my family anywhere, you know, that'll be awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. I am so, uh, so I'm so excited yeah, about the cyber truck. <laughs> yeah. I know I can see it. It's perfect for you. Um, let's get back to the, the bears again. And so the, the yeah. stories against the bears has changed, uh, over time and they're lessening and lessening because Tesla is able to prove and kind of defeat all their early arguments. Do you, th- I mean, obviously there's going to be a lot of hatred for Elon. And in fact, that might actually have been growing, if not lowering. Mm-hmm. But the bears, 
what are the future arguments you think that they have? Um, or is it done? What? Are we kind of past that uh, hump? You know, what is it like, you know, future, the past behavior is the best predictor of future behavior. So I think we are stuck with the competition is coming forever. They will always be just about mm -hmm. ready to arrive. Mm -hmm. um, and at some point, point, demand will collapse for Teslas. It, to me, it's so silly. Like, I, that's ridiculous. Um, okay. There will always be, Elon is such a lightning rod and um, such a unique character that there will always be a bare argument that he's going to either leave or collapse or get arrested or, you know, like something wrong with Elon, you know, that, that he leaves. Um, so I think that'll be an ongoing bare argument. Um, I don't know. I don't know what they'll say. Like, um, I'm sure at some point profits they will be make bad up too, so. right? <laughs> it'll be like, well, they have too much money. Oh, you, you know, this is the one that's going to be. This is this is this this is the one. Market share. We're going to hear about market share forever. Right. So the EV space will grow. Tesla, which would the market yes. would collapse if Tesla continues at like eighty percent whatever market cap. That means the EV market has failed, right? Like because no one else is helping. Um. So what the mission of Tesla, right, is that everybody switches to EVs. So if that happens, if the Elon really forces their hand and they have to make EVs, um, their market share is going to go down, even though their sales year over year are still going to go up 50%. Right. Um, yeah. So you'll see a lot of, I think somebody wrote that that happened to Apple yeah. too, something about market share, but you know, it's, it's just well, like a example. talking point, yeah. you know, it doesn't, it doesn't affect the dollar to bottom line at all in a growing industry. But that will be hammered yeah. home by the financial news, too. Like, look at market share just dropped in Norway for Tesla, you know, even though they're doing fine. Um, that that will be living with forever. But um, and there'll be Tesla fans screaming over and over again, you know. <laughs> like, oh, and the, here's the, the, the last argument right. will probably always be the January, usually, you know, usually January or Q1 is sometimes slower seasonally. Um, so that demand has collapsed always yeah, in Q1. I don't think that. that'll ever die. Although more recently hasn't been as bad because of they're building so many extra cars that like it hasn't mattered. But um, I do think that seasonal pullbacks will always be the end of. Um, well, it's funny. My my kid was at school and their teacher was talking about that. They're like, oh, Tesla, like you know, they okay. they they can't sell their cars, and basically they were talking about this in q1 i'm like oh yeah really q1 demand cliff in, in school <laughs> you know you miss in school <laughs> but, um, that's why they need yeah. people like you um thank you earl this is uh you yeah. shared a lot of very intelligent comments and it made me think a lot about the bears i'm glad that you were there in 2018 i'm so incredibly impressed with the frunk puppy i make fun of it like I said earlier, it sounds silly, but really it has made a difference to the transition to electric vehicles. You, you've tapped onto something very big. You're very, very, very funny on Twitter, but I'll give you one last chance here. I'm very impressed with you, I got to say, but you got to convince me to switch from Team Kemp to Team Earl and maybe even become a super follower for you. But I'll give you this one last chance. Say something 
It impresses me in the last five. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't. That's too much pressure. Just super follow. Of course Kim. you can't. It's fine. You're not okay. as good as Kim. Kim would have come up with something very funny and sharp and witty. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, look, if you super followed me, I'd be happy for you. You know, like it would be a good day for you to be able to do that. <laughs> You'd be happy for me. Yes. It would be like, oh my gosh, congratulations. <laughs> that's, okay, that's close. That's close. That's, that's funny. Oh, okay. Oh. Thank you, Earl. Very, very much appreciate yep. this. Uh, lots of good information. Uh, again, it's very. I, I think I promised at the beginning, it's going to be fun, but also going to be very inspiring. And I think you did that for me. Thank you very much, Earl. Everybody, please follow him. His Twitter handle again. I don't know why it's at twenty eight delays later. What? Where did you come up with that? Twenty eight delays. Oh, it was later. sarcastic because I was following Elon as we were waiting for the Model Three. And, you know, like 28 days later, that zombie movie is like my favorite zombie movie, but like it's a Tesla account. So it's like 28 delays later, like they keep delaying things. So I've always been very sarcastic okay. about Tesla. So I'm not surprised that things are delayed, you know, but it's I didn't want to keep that, but gotcha. I didn't expect to have like a following. But here I am. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, we all think it's 28 days later, but it's actually 28 delays later. Yes. But it hasn't stopped the hundreds of thousands of people, whatever, 80,000 no. followers you have. So. Yep. I know. I don't know what's wrong with people. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right, everybody. Super follow Earl. You're going to love it. <laughs> Congratulations. Okay. Thank you so much, Earl. Appreciate your time. Thank you. See ya. Bye.